All right, Rebbe, say good morning. Let's begin. Today's daf is Mem Hey 45. We're picking up on the bottom of Mem Dalud on the days 44b, the Mishnah on the bottom. I hope everybody did their homework. I recorded from the from the previous Mishnah to this Mishnah. Excellent. I'm not going to test you. So it says the, says the Mishnah. Rebbe, say a beautiful, beautiful Gemara today. Shor Shuhu Yotzei Lisakel. A shore that's going out to be stoned. And both say, so what is this a case of? This is a situation ultimately of a shore that killed a person. So remember again, as we've established, any shore that kills a person, whether the shore is tam or muad, ultimately the shore is stoned. So remember, only if the shore is a muad and the shore kills someone, then there is an obligation for kofar. So it says the Mishnah, shore a shore is going out to be stoned. Interesting case. And as it's being let out by Bezdin to be executed, so the owner is makdish the shore. So what's the halacha? Enomokdash. The halacha is that the consecration does not work. Similarly, shachtal, if the owner were to shecht the animal, again, remember, this is after the gemardim, this is after the animal has been judged, that it's going to be executed. So if the, if the owner shechts the animal, basara asr, the meat is asr. Ve'im ad nigmardino, but if the basin has not yet handed down its verdict, hikdishu bailav mukdash, if the owner consecrated the animal, the consecration works. Ve'im shachtal, similarly, if the owner shechted the animal, basara mutter, then the meat is going to be mutter. So we'll say the idea over here is that a Essentially, once the animal, the idea of the Mishnah, we see this in other areas of halacha as well, once the, once the verdict of the basin has been handed down, the animal is considered as if it's already dead. So because of that, because of that, if you're makdishit, such a consecration ultimately, again, is meaningless. Similarly, if you shecht it, it's like shechting an animal that died without proper shechita, therefore it's not going to be good. However, again, before the verdict, before the verdict, it's just a regular shar. And therefore, technically speaking, the owner could be makdashit. The, <coughs> the owner could shecht it and eat the meat. Masro the shomer chinam ule shoel ule no se schar ule socher. So I'll say if, if the owner handed over the shar to a shomer chinam, shomer chinam is an unpaid custodian. Shoel is a borrower. No se schar is a paid custodian. Socher is a renter. Nichnesu tachas habaylin. These individuals ultimately again come in the place of the owners. In other words, that they assume the same responsibility as the owners. Muad, if the animal is muad, mishalim nezek shalim. So therefore, again, I will say, for example, if I handed over my animal to a shomer, look at Rashi for just a moment. Masu the shomer chinam, Rashi says, achlo nagah. So if I went ahead and I, I went over and I handed over this animal to a shomer, so what's the halacha? The shomer essentially assumes my, the owner's responsibility. Therefore, if the animal is a muad and ultimately the animal injures someone, the shaliach, or the, not the shaliach, but the shomer, is chayef for nezik shaling. And if the animal is a tam and injured someone, so ultimately the shomer pays chatsi nezik. Says the yimar, tan rabbanan. Shor shehemis, if a, so the Bryce teaches the following, if a shor killed someone, if the basin has not yet passed the verdict on the shor, machro, and then what happened? And then the owner sold the shor, top of memhe. So machro, machar, ultimately if he sold the shor, so the shor is considered to be sold. Hikdisho, similarly, if he was makdish the shor, 
Mukdash, then the Shor is conserved to be Hekdish. Shachato, if he shechted it. Besaro Mutter. Ultimately, the meat is Mutter. So we'll say that this is essentially just reflecting what we saw in the Mishnah. Before the Gemar Din, before the verdict, if the owner did anything with the Shor, whatever he did is valid. Hechziru Shomer the base of Bailov. Similarly, Rabbos, listen to this. If let's say, if let's say, so I have a shore, I gave it to a shomer to watch. While the shomer had it, the shore killed someone. But Beisdin has not yet gone ahead and passed the verdict, given judgment on the shore. And the shomer brings me back the shore before, before the verdict is passed. So what's the halacha? Mukhzar. So the shomer is considered to have returned the animal in perfect state, and the shomer has discharged his obligation. He's not on the hook for anything else. However, but if the shark killed someone and based in past the verdict upon the shore, so what's the halacha? If you sell the shore, the sale is not valid. If you're makdish the shore, the hektish does not take effect. If you shecht, if you shecht it, the meat is going to be aser. Hechziru shomer the base bailov. If the shomer returns, Rose said, so now this is where the shomer returns the shard that killed someone after Beisdin handed down the verdict. And the, remember, what does the verdict say? That the shard is going to be executed. So hechziru shomer the base bailov, eno muxer. Ultimately, again, the shard is not considered to be returned. As Rose said, that we do not say, we do not say that Lemaise, again, the Shomer has returned the animal. Rather, the Shomer must replace the animal. Because once the verdict has been handed down, that animal is as if what? As if it no longer exists. So because it no longer exists, therefore, again, the Shomer is obligated to replace it. So Rabbi Yaakov, Omer, Rabbi Yaakov says, no. Af nigmardino, hechziru shomer lebailav mochzer. So we'll say this is amazing. So the Shot Rabbi Yaakov says that even after the verdict has been passed, so if the shomer returns the animal, the shomer is considered to have discharged his obligation and need not replace the animal in any way. So the Gemara says, Maybe Rabbi Yaakov and the Rabbanon are arguing about the following piece. But say, this is very interesting. The Rabbanon Sarri, Ein omrin bi so the Gemara posits over here that what they're arguing about is something quite fascinating, which is what happens if you return an object to someone, but at the end of the day, the object is asr bahana. So for example, I borrow something from someone and I return the object to them, but there's only one problem, which is the owner, the, the, the owner of the object cannot get any benefit from the object itself. So the Gemara is suggesting that Rabbanon say, because I want, so the Rabbanon say, if you return the object to the owner, but the owner can't get any benefits from it, then what? That's not considered returning the object, and you are on the hook, you, Shomer, are on the hook to replace the object. For Rabbi Yaakov Savar, Omrim bi surihana haresha chalapanecha. Rabbi Yaakov, on the other hand, says no, that when it comes ultimately to a surihana, so the, the Shomer has the right to say, look, I borrowed a cow from you, and what am I giving back to you? The same exact cow. Ah, you can't get any benefits from it because Bazin went ahead and handed down a verdict that the shore has to be stoned. You take that up with Bazin. You gave me a cow, I'm giving it back the cow. We're even. So the Gemara says, Amarabba, that can't be. Hadikuli alma, omrim bi surihana harisha chalafanecha. Well, so listen to this. When it comes ultimately, so Rabbi says, this can't be the machokin of Yaakov and the Rabbah, and I'll tell you why. Because everyone agrees. Everyone agrees with Isturi Hanna that you are permitted to say, The paradigmatic example of this machlokas is Chametz on Pesach. How does this case come up? Listen to this. 
I steal chametz from Ruvain on the week before Pesach. The week before Pesach. So I steal a, oh, I steal a bottle of his scotch. Let's, let's do it like this. A good bottle, like, uh, whatever. A good, good bottle of scotch. I'm sorry? Oh, so listen to this. So what happens? Over Pesach, Mamish, I'm inspired. I have here Hurei Tshuva. And I decide, you know what? After Pesach, I want to be a Baal Tshuva. So what happens? I go back to Ruvain and I say, Ruvain, I'm so sorry. Here's your bottle of scotch. And what does Ruvain say to me? Ruvain says to me, that's very nice. You owe me $300. That's how much a bottle of scotch. So what if I'm giving back the scotch? There's only one problem, which is what the both said. That bottle of scotch is now Chamit Sha'avar Alav HaPesach, which means that when you have Chamit that was owned by a Jew over Pesach, one is not permitted to get benefit from that Chamit after Pesach. But it's the same exact bottle of scotch. So that's the, that's the paradigmatic example of a machlokas by Isure Hanoa. So the, so, so Rabba says, excuse me, Rabba says, Everyone agrees that when it comes to a certain person, you know what else this other, other case where this comes up? This comes up where I steal an esterg from Ruvain. This is different. It's a different kind of situation. I steal an esterg from Ruvain before Sukkis. It's a beautiful, beautiful esterg. $500 esterg. I steal it from him. Don't spend $500 on esterg. But you understand me? I, I steal it from him. I have, I have, I have here Hurei Tshuva. I come to his house. Isruchag. Stephen, I'm so sorry. Here's, I want to do tshuva. Here's the esrog. So I'll say, of course, this is very nice. You owe me $500. So I'll say, here's the esrog. So I'll say, we have this interesting machlokis in halocha where I'm, I, I'm giving back the same object, but the status of the object has changed. So how does halocha deal with that change of status? So Rabbi says, Rabbi Yaakov and, and Rabbanon can't be arguing about Isuri Hanah because at least Rabbi posits that everyone agrees when it comes to Isuri Hanah, Harishal Chalif Anecha. Everyone agrees that Lamaisa, again, when you return an object that is now Asr Banah, the person who's returning it has the ability to say to the owner of the object, I've discharged my obligation. I took something from you. I'm returning the object to you. Shalom Yisrael. I no longer have any other obligations. So the Gemara says, Ella, what are they arguing about over here? Ella, halcha begomrim dino shal shershal befanakumifugi. Oh, both said, this is really fascinating. Here, the Machlokis is about whether or not Bezdin passes judgment on a shar when not in the presence of a shar. In other words, is the shar, does the shar have to be present in Bezdin in order for the Bezdin to hand down a sentence regarding the shar? So the Rabbanon say that Beisdin does not go ahead and adjudicate, does not pass a Bisakdin regarding the Shor, not in the presence of the Shor. So the Shor has to be brought to Beisdin as well. Which I will say, makes sense. Why, why does it make sense? It sounds strange to us. Can you imagine bringing your Shor to Beisdin? So also remember also is that by Pashtus you would think that you would want some type of edos about that shar that went ahead and killed someone, right? You, you would want the witnesses to say somehow that they know that it's that shar. That's the Rabbanon Shita. So the Gemara said, now listen to this. Therefore, the Amrle, the owner of the shar, says to the Shomer, Ihadrisa nehele, you know, Shomer, had you given me back, had you given me back my shar before the Gemardin, I could have, I could have hidden my shar in the swamp. Which both says another way of saying that ultimately, again, that the owner could have said, look, I could have worked this out with the aggrieved party by, you know, putting, you know, the shar, you know, relocation program. I could have put my shar somewhere far away, hidden. And therefore the shark cannot come to Bayes. And if the shark can't come to Bayes, then 
Bezin can't, can't go ahead and give the psaktin, and I can work out financial matters with the family of the person I killed. Hashta, at But now says the owner to the Shomer, you allowed my shard to be taken to Bezin, ultimately again for the Gemar Din, and now I have no negotiating power. Therefore, according to the Rabbanon, if the Shomer shows up to return the shard after the Gemar Din, what's the halacha? The halacha ultimately is that the Shomer must go ahead and replace the shard. On the other hand, Rabbi Yaakov Savar, Rabbi Yaakov says, no, According to the Rabbanon, there is a certain, there is a certain element, almost a fault on the part of the Shomer. It's almost like according to the Rabbanon, if you are, if you're watching a shark and that shark kills someone, almost like the first order of business is, get that shark back to the owner. Let the owner deal with this. If you didn't get the shark back to the owner, and you decided to take care of the legal process, then Lamaisa, you bear responsibility now for that animal. On the other hand, Rabbi Yaakov holds, so Rabbi Yaakov holds that no Bezdin could adjudicate the case of the shark without the presence of the shark. The Amr Sof Sof, have a migmar leg, have a migmar, excuse me, sof sof, migmar havu gamri le ledina. Because ultimately, again, Rabbi Yaakov says, that what the Shomer says to the owners, look, at the end of the day, I didn't cause you any kind of loss by having the Shar go to Bezdin. Why? Because Lamaisa, again, Bezdin could have adjudicated the case even without you as well. So my time is Rabbanon. So we'll say, where did the Rabbanon get the Lodge? I mean, how did the Rabbanon know that Lamaisa, again, Bezdin has to adjudicate the case in the presence of the Shar. Because the Pasuk says, Hashar Yisakel, Vegam Ba'alav, Yumas. Because the, the, the Pasuk says, The Shar shall be stoned, and also the owners will die. Kemisas Habaylam Kach Misas Hashar. So what say the Rabbanon say that the Shar is executed, or the manner of execution of the Shar is the same way that we administer a death penalty for people. How so? Just like the owner of the Shar, ultimately, again, the death sentence is administered in the presence of the people. And as well say, you can't go ahead and judge a capital case without the presence of the defendant. So, Afshar Bifanov. So, too, again, when you, are, when you are going to go ahead and judge a Shar from Misa, the Shar must be present as well. Rabbi Yaakov. Rabbi Yaakov says, come on. So, it's logical why, why the defendant has to be present in a capital case. Why, Rabbi Osai? Because he could present a counter-argument. He has the ability to defend himself. However, again, shar bar ta'ina. So he is a shar. The shar has the ability to make a ta'ina. In other words, that Rav Yaakov says that the idea of having the, of the, having the defendant present is a simple din in the adjudication process. You can't accuse someone of something without them being present. They have, to have the ability to defend themselves. But that concept, of course, does not apply to a shard. Fine. So Masra, the Shomrechinam. So I'll say, ultimately, again, if he, went, if he gave it to a Shomrechinam, he gave it to a Shomrechinam. Right. So he gave it to a Shomrechinam. Ulushal. Tan Rabbanam. So we'll remember again, the, the Gemara says over here, there are four people that essentially take the place of an owner. In other words, there are four people that when they are entrusted with the care of an object, take on the status of the owner. Who are they? The Elohim, Shamrechinam, an unpaid custodian, Hashoel, borrower, Nose Schar is a paid custodian, Asokhar, and a renter. So what's Talacham? 
Hargu. If you're both safe, when one of these shomrim are watching the animal, the animal killed someone, so hargu. So tamin and heragin, uptrimin akofer. So we'll say, if, let's say, again, I, I give my animal over to a shomer. So, or to any one of these four, 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 four shomer, four custodians. So what happens? Now my animal kills when it's in their domain. So what happens? Hargu, tamin, if the animal when it killed was a tam, then Neheragin, the animal is killed. As we know, Bose is Nalocha. But again, remember, if the animal is a tam, there's no obligation for kofar. Muadin, however, if the animal is a muad, Neheragin, umishamanasa kofar. If the animal is a muad, then the animal is killed and it pays kofar. Vichayavin lahachzir dimei shar lebailov. And Bose, in that case, in that case, you have to go ahead and repay the value of the shar ultimately to the owner. Chutz mi shomachinam, with the exception ultimately again of the shomachinam. So, we'll say in all of these cases where the act, animal is going to be executed, because remember the animal is executed in all cases, in Tam and Muad, if the animal kills someone, the animal is executed. In all of these cases, the shomrim have to repay the value of the animal to the owner, chutz mi shomachinam, with the exception ultimately again of shomachinam, who unpaid custodian who is not obligated to repay the value of the animal. Omri, so the Gemara says, so we said, Hechi dummy. So what's the case here? So we'll say, here, here's, here's what we know. We know so far the Gemara tells us that when you hand over your shard to any of the Dalit Shomrim, the four custodians, those custodians essentially take on the responsibility of the owner of the animal itself. Therefore, again, if the animal is a tam and kills someone, the animal is an executed but no kofar. The animal is a muad and kills someone, the animal is executed and kofar. And in all of these cases, in all of these cases, by the way, it's the shomer who's paying the kofar, and the shomer, and the shomer has to go ahead and repay the value of the animal to the owner, of course, with the exception of, with the exception of, shomer chinu, unpaid custodian. What's the case? So, so if, the, if we're talking about a case where the Shomer went ahead and watched the animal, and Rashi's over here, if the Shomer did its job and watched the animal in the appropriate way, then the truth is, all of these people should be putter. In other words, why, why is it only the Shomer? If you do your due diligence as a Shomer, and you watch the animal, and some unavoidable mishap occurs, and damage occurs, you're not going to be responsible for that. So if that's the case, that they're doing what we call the Shmir Lamu'ula, proper guarding of the animal, so Lamaisa, why is it, why is it, why is it that only the Shomrachinim is potter? And if they're not guarding it properly, then the Shomrachinim should be chayev as well. So the Shomrachinim says, Amri, Amri, Hacham, I ask, you know, what's the case here? The Natri Shmira Pechusa, for the Natri Shmira Mu'ula. Oh, they both say the case over here is where they watch the animal, the Shomrachinim watch the animal, what we call a Shmira Pechusa. But the Shmira Pechusa means a basic watching. A basic watching. Rashi says, Shmir Pachusa, Delas Sheikhola Lama Beruach Mitsuya. So, what's the definition of Shmir Pachusa? They, they lock the animal in behind the door, and the door is capable of withstanding a regular wind. But it's not a very strong door and can be kicked down with certain excessive force. Velonachi Shmir Mu'ula. Shomrachinam. I'm sorry, so we'll say, if you are an unpaid custodian, remember again, it's like most things in life, if you're unpaid, if you're unpaid, your, your level of, of liability is limited. So therefore, for a Shomer Chino, when he's watching an object, the most he has to make sure is that what? That it's a Shmira Pechusa. That there's a basic guarding of the animal. And as long as there's a Shmira Pechusa, he's discharged his obligations. So in this case over here, when the Shomer Chino 
put the animal behind the basic door that could stand up in front of a regular wind. Even if the animal gets out afterwards and kills someone, the Shomrachinim is going to be pata from replacing the animal. Hanach, but these other custodians who are all paid, right, or, uh, or who enjoy full use of the animal, so they do not get away with just a simple watching. They require Shemira Mu'ula. Amri Kimas, whose opinion does this reflect? So the Gemara says, look at Rashi just a moment. Rashi says, Rashi so I see these, these other shomrim should have provided a shmira mu'ula, a better shmira, better guarding, and because they didn't, they are considered to be poshea, they're considered to be negligent, and therefore they have to pay the owner. So Yimar says, Kiman, whose opinion does this reflect? Ik Rabbi Meir, if you want to say it's like Rabbi Meir, do Amar, Amadez, do Amar, Socher, Kishomer Chinam. So I'll say, Rabbi Meir is of the opinion, who says, and we'll see this, Rashi points out above Mitzia who says that a socher is like a shomer chinam. So we'll say, so remember, which means a socher is a renter. So Ramirez of the opinion who says that a socher, a renter, is like a shomer chinam, like an unpaid custodian. If that's the case, listni chutzmi shomer chinam socher. Then the Brysa should have said that all of these people are obligated to pay the owner back for the animal with the exception of the shomer chinam and the socher. And if you say, according to Rabbi Huda, that, and if you say the Bryce Rafak Zivir Rabbi Huda, who says that a socher, a renter, is like a no say schar, is like a shomer socher, then nisni chutz mi shomer chinam, then just let it say the exception of shomer chinam, vekulon bimuadin piturin leinyan kofar. But all of them ultimately again will be putter in terms of kofar, to which the Gemara says, Amaravuna. How many? We'll say whose opinion does the Brisa reflect? Rabbi Elazar, it's Rabbi Elazar. The Amar ain't no shmira ella sakin. We'll say we'll see this in the next Mishnah. That Rabbi Elazar is of the opinion that a that a muad animal, the only way to guard a muad animal is how with a knife. Right, you kill it, and we'll see. By the way, well, actually, we'll we'll see the, the scope of his statement. Look at Rashi just a moment. Rabbi Elazar, he's the Amar. It's the last wide line on the top of Rashi. So the Masnisan ain't no shmira the muad ella sakin vafilu shmira muula. The Belazos of the opinion that you cannot properly guard a, a muad animal, and even if you go out and you do what's called the shmira muula, you guard it intensely. It's not enough. The only way to guard, the only way to guard against a muad doing damage is literally to kill the muad. The chol shekain hide the shmira pachusa natre or mishumhachim mishalm and kofer. So, okay, let's, let's see so we'll say, therefore, again, the Mishnah reflects of Rebbe Lazar who says that a Muad, the only Shmira for a Muad is going to be the Sakin. Therefore, if the Shomer is watching a Muad animal and the Muad goes in and does damage, he's going to be Chayyab for what? He's going to, first of all, the animal is executed. He's Chayyab for Kofar. And what? He has to replace the value of the animal as well. But in terms of a Socher, in terms of a renter, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that a Socher is like a no-say-schar. So the Gemara says, Abai Amr, the only one, Rabbi Meir. Really, the Mishnah goes ahead and reflects the view of Rabbi Meir. And ultimately, again, so really, so Abai Kim's Logan says, really the Bryce reflects the Rabbi Meir, and we have to switch it around as Rabbi Bar Avua did. Vitani, and teach it the following way. Socher Ketzad Meshalim, if a socher, if a person is renting the shar from the owner, how does he pay for damages? Rabbi Meir Omer Keshomer Socher, 
Rabbi Meir says like a paid custodian. Rabbi Huda Rabbi Huda says like a shomrachinam. Fine. I'm Rabbi Lazar. Master the shor of the shomrachinam. Hizik. Mosei, if I gave my shard to a shomrachinam to an unpaid custodian, and the shard does damage. Chayev. The shomer is going to be chayev for damages. However, huzak, if the animal was damaged, potter. The shomer is potter. So, Mosei, you hear this? So, I give my, I give my shard to a shomer chinam. If the shard does damage, the shomer is chayev. If the shard was damaged, the shomer is potter. So, Amri, so we say, hey, chitami, what's the case? So say if the if the shomer if the shomer went ahead and accepted upon himself responsibility for damages, then Then even if the animal was damaged, so the shomer should be higher for that. And if at the end of the day the shomer did not accept upon himself did not accept upon himself to guard the animal from damages. Then even if the animal did damage, ultimately the shomer should be potter. So Amarava Rava said the Olam Shakibel Alav Shmiras Nizakov. So Rava said in reality the case is where he accepted upon himself he accepted upon himself Shmiras Nizakov. He accepted upon himself to watch the animal for damages. So we'll say that's the case. Why is the shomer only chayav when the animal damaged? He should be chayav also what? When the animal was damaged, what's the case? Listen to this. When the Shomer accepted Shmira over the animal, he recognized that what? He recognized that the animal was a Nagcha, that the animal was an aggressive animal. So watch this. So also listen to this. So what we see, see, he recognized he was accepting a Shmira for an aggressive animal. So for what does he have in mind? His, his, he realized he was accepting upon himself to guard the animal from damaging others. But to go ahead and think that this animal could be damaged by others, that he never had in mind and therefore never accepted upon himself. Now, I will say, now this happens to be a fascinating sugya because in the, in the realm ultimately again of of Shomer, what the Gemara seems to be saying over here is that Lamaisa, again, a Shomer could go, depending on the das the Shomer had at the time that he accepted the object, could determine his ultimate liability. So the Gemara is suggesting over here that Lamaisa, there's a case of a Shomer who I know that I, if I'm the Shomer, I know I'm accepting responsibility for an aggressive ox. And therefore, I'm accepting responsibility to make sure that this ox does not damage someone else. But Lavdafka, but not necessarily that I'm taking responsibility to ensure that what? To ensure that what? That the axe doesn't get damaged by anyone else. There's a Havamina that under those circumstances, the Shom would have limited liability. So listen to this. So the Rambam Paskins, I'm going to go a little bit out of order on the Halachos. The Rambam, this is in Hilchot Niske Mamon, Perek Dalit Halacha Dal. Dalit Dalit. Hamoser Behemta Lushom Rechinam, Olenose Schar Olusokher Olushol, Nichnesu Tachas Habailim. We'll say if you give over your shari, give over your animal. Ultimately, again, to an unpaid custodian, to a paid custodian, to a renter. Again, we'll say in Bava Metziah, we'll get into all these different categories of Shomrim. The halacha is, Nichnesu Tachas Habailim. The Shomer takes the place of the owner of the animal. And therefore, if the animal does damage while under the, while under the guardianship of the Shomer, Hashomer Chayif. 
the Shomer is high for damages. When is that so? When is that so? Bizman Shalom Shamru HaKlal. That's only if what? If the Shomer did not watch the animal at all. Avalim Shamru HaShmira Mu'ula Karoi V'yotseis V'ziga HaShomrim Peturim V'abailim Chayovim Afilu HaMisa Asa'adam. I will say, listen to this. What, but here's what's interesting. Shomer is obligated to watch the animal in an appropriate way. Now, both, now what appropriate means, obviously, is, is, not, is not an object. It's a subjective definition. It depends on the nature of the animal. depends on where you are. depends on all different. But let's assume for a moment, assuming the Shomer did what it was supposed to do, the, what he's supposed to do, the halacha is, the Shomer is freed from liability. But who does have liability? The owner. So, what's this? You hear this incredible idea? So, Shomer that Rambam Paskins takes the place of the owner for liability. But once the Shomer has guarded the animal in an appropriate, quote quotations, appropriate way, the Shomer discharges obligations. If the animal still does damage, then the Shomer is exempt and the owners are obligated. However, Shamruha Shmira Pechusa, if the Shomer did not watch the animal sufficiently, Im Shomer Chinam Hupater, Im Shomer Sakhar Sokhar Shol Chayav. So we'll say this is what we just saw. If for Shomer Chinam, he's only obligated to provide a Shmira Pechusa, a basic watching. So even if the animal gets out and damages, the Shomer Chinam is going to be Pater. But the other Shomer who have an obligation to provide a Shmira Meula, a more intense guardian, guardianship of the animal, if the animal gets out and damages, they will be chayas. So that is, in fact, the halacha lemais. So let's see the Mishnah. In the case of a So remember again, when we speak about Bailam being put to death, that's not literal. Right? Remember again, we, we understand the Bailam being put to death, the Chazal interpret as kofar. So, yes, so the answer will be that if the Shomer does a proper Shmira, the shark gets out and kills someone, so the Shomer is going to be Pater, owners will be obligated ultimately again for Kofar in that case. That is correct. So, Shor will be killed, and owners are obligated for Kofar. Says the Mishnah, Kashru Baila Bemaseira, Vinal Bafanav Karai. So, we'll say, now we're going to talk about again ways in which people, owners went ahead and did what they felt was a proper Shmira for their animal. So, so the owners, so Kashru Ala Baila Bemaseira. So, let's say the owner tied up the Shor. Bosera literally means with reins, but it means like a rope. <coughs> and it closed the door in front of the shomer, in front of the shomer, in front of the shar, appropriately. And yet, still biyotzer v'hizik, the animal got out and did damage. Echad tam ve'echad muad chayiv. So where the animal is a tam, where the animal is a muad chayiv. The Rebbe Meir. So what's these words, Rebbe Meir? Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says no. Tam chayiv a muad pater. So what's this? Is going to be a very dramatic shita. So Rabbi Rabbi Huda says. That the animal is a tam. He said the owner tied, tied up the animal and, and guarded the animal in a proper way. But the animal still got out. Rabbi Huda says if the animal is a tam and does damage, so the, ultimately the owner will be chayyib. But if it's a muad, ultimately again the owner will be potter. We'll say, you hear that counterintuitive logic? If the animal is a tam and got out, the owner is chayyib. If the animal is a muad and got out, the, on, and the owner is potter. Shana Amar, Velo Yishmarenu Bailav. Because we'll say the Pasuk when talking about a muad, says, when is an animal, what, 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 how does the Torah describe a muad? That the owner does not watch it. Rabbi Huda understands that if therefore if the owner does watch it even in some basic way, so the owner will, be, will, be not, will not be hired for the damages of a muad. Rabbi Lazar Omer, ain lo shmira el asakin. And Rabbi Lazar, as we just said before, that a muad, there's no proper muad for a, for, there's no proper shmira for a muad unless you go ahead and you kill it. So my time, Rabbi Meir, 
What's Rabbi Meir's logic? Shemaros, remember, Rabbi Meir is the one who said that if you went ahead and you tied up your shar in the appropriate way, you closed the door in front of it, and it still got out, that you are putter. That ultimately, um, I'm sorry, you are chayiv. You are chayiv. If the shar got out, you're chayiv, or whether the tam, whether it's mud, you're chayiv. So says the Yomara, what's Rabbi Meir's logic? Kasab, Rabbi Meir holds, stam shvarim lav becheskas shimor kaimi. Because Rabbi Meir said, Rabbi Meir said that we make the assumption that most people do not properly guard their oxen. Rashi says, Most people don't properly guard their animals. Therefore, and therefore the Torah says, So therefore, I will say what happens. The Torah says, But the fact that the Torah makes me chayiv, for damages that my tam animal does. Chazinezik for my tam animal. What is the Torah trying to tell me? What's the message? What's the message? Watch over your animals. Right? Meaning, Ramirez says, the Torah understands that most people don't watch over your animals. The Torah penalizes me for damages that my time animal does as a way of giving me the message, watch your animal. But, but again, I would have thought, I would think, however, that all the animal really requires is what? Is a simple, what we call a Shmir Pachusa, just a simple guarding. Adam Rahmana, then the Torah comes along and says again, then the Torah again says, tells us that the owner didn't watch him by Muad, which teaches us that what? That a Muad requires Shmira Mu'ula. Shmuad doesn't require just the basic watching, but a Muad requires additional watching. And we make, essentially, we learn out, we learn out, we make a Gzir Shava of Negicha by Tam, Goring by Tam animal, to a Goring by the Muad animal, to teach me that what? That just as the Muad animal requires Shmira Yisera, requires an additional watching, so to what? The Tam animal does also. And therefore, again, in the case of the Mishnah, where a person only performed the Shmira Pachusa, a basic guarding of the animal, and the animal gets out, you're going to be Chayev, where the animal is a Tam, where the Chayev knows a Chayev, the animal is a muad. Because the Bimeir's basic shita is every single animal requires shmira mu'ula. Rabbi Huda says, Rabbi Huda says, no, stam shara mecheska shimur kaimi. On the other hand, Rabbi Huda holds, then no, most people go ahead and watch their shar. Oh, so you watch their shara. She says, stam shara mecheska shimur kaimi, in lecha adam shinu mishamir sharo. There's no such thing as a person who doesn't watch. Everybody watches their shar. At least the shmira pachusa, the chayiv hakasa betam, so what happens? So Yehuda says, people watch their shvarim, and therefore, So the fact that the Torah, so if stand people make me chayiv, stand people watch their shvar, when the Torah makes the owner of the tam who does damage, chayiv, what is the Torah saying to the owner of the tam? You have to watch your animal even more. That a tam requires a shmira mu'ula. Hadr amarachmana, so then the Torah comes along and says that you have to essentially watch your muad animal. So now what is that called? That's called Habe Riboy Acharibois. So you hear this? So in Rabbi Huda's worldview, people watch their oxen. People watch their oxen. Therefore, the Torah comes along and tells me to guard my muad ox, my, excuse me, my tam ox. The Torah is telling me that a tam ox requires shmira mu'ula. That if you have to give a shia, you, it's not enough just to give your animal shmira pachusa, basic watching. You have to guard your animal in additional watch so it doesn't have to give damage. Then the Torah comes along and says, again, by a muad animal, that you have to watch your animal, which tells me again that my muad animal also requires what we call the shmira mu'ula, an additional watching. Says the Gemara, or says Rabbi, Rabbi Huda, that's 
Reboy acha reboy. So we'll say the Torah is giving a reboy acha reboy. Two consecutive reboy. And we'll say a reboy is an inclusive statement. So the Torah is teaching me that a tanhat needs a shmira mu'ula. And then the Torah says the same thing again by a muad. What's the point? Ve'in reboy acha reboy elalamait. We'll say one of the exegetical principles is a reboy acha reboy. That whenever the Torah does two ribuyim in a row, Ultimately, again, it's coming to be memayid. It's coming to exclude something. What is it coming to exclude? And this is going to blow your mind. So, So ultimately, again, the Torah is coming to teach me that what? That a muad does not require shmira mu'ula. That they both say that it's only a tan that requires a shmira mu'ula, excessive watching, but a muad does not. I will say, why don't we say, why don't we equate? Remember, like we said before, like the Gzir Shava of Negicha from Tam to Muad. Ultimately, the Torah says, the Velo Yishmerena is referring ultimately to this one. Other Torah is telling me that there's only an obligation of Shmira Meula by this one, by the Tam, and not by another one, not by the Muad. I have a Haimi Bari Lelav. I but one second, we need that passage to teach me the love. Therefore, the Torah could have just said, He didn't watch it. Teaching that I require to guard the animal. What does it mean? He did not watch it. To teach me that what? That the obligation to guard it with Shmira Mu'ula is for this one and not that one. So I will say, this is a mind-blowing sheet of Rabbi Huda. Rabbi Huda is actually of the opinion that a Tam requires Shmira Mu'ula and a muad does not. The tam requires, again, additional what? With what? You say, how do you come to a sheet like that? So what's the to do this? very simple. It's not logic. It's not logic. What is it? What is it? Essentially, it's Xer Sakasif. It's the Psukim. According to Yehuda, what we have over here is we have a riboy acha riboy. The Torah tells me in two consecutive places that I have to watch the animal. When the Torah, see what I'm saying, had you just told me, had the Torah just said, I would have learned that if the Torah is telling me that I require, I'm obligated to watch my time animal, then what? Then what? That, that it goes without saying that it's a Shmira Mu'ula, and of course I have to do that for a Mu'ad animal. Why does the Torah have to say it again by a Mu'ad animal? So Rabbi Yehuda's Darshanic world, what that is, is a Reboy Acharibuy. It's an inclusive phrase after an inclusive phrase. And again, I will say, just that it's an exegetical principle. Whenever you have Reboy Acharibuy, it creates a mute. It creates an exclusion. So what's the exclusion over here? Rabbi Yehuda says the exclusion is by Mu'ad. That a Mu'ad literally only requires Shmira Pechusa and not Shmira Mu'ula. On the other hand, says the Gemara, Tanya, Rebbe Lozim Yaakov Omer, Echad Tan Ve'echad Mu'ad, Shashamru Shmira Pechusa Pater. So what Rebbe Lozim Yaakov says, another Shita, he holds that both for Tam and for Mu'ad, all you require is Shmira Pechusa. Just a basic guarding of the animal. My time, or what's the reason? So on one hand, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda who holds that a Mu'ad only requires a Shmira Pechusa, this is interesting. And he holds that he holds of the Gzir Shava of Nigicha from Tam to Muad to tell you that just as Muad only requires Shmira Pachusa, so to Tamu also requires Shmira Pachusa. So see here, see here Rabbi Lazar did. Rabbi Lazar took a hybrid shita of Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. He took the fact that according to Rabbi Yehuda, that what? That a Muad only requires 
only require Shmira Pachusa, and he uses the Gzera Shavav Negicha Negicha Rabbi Meir to teach me that just as more only requires Shmira Pachusa, so to what? Tam only requires Shmira Pachusa as well. So both say, we are left over here with a three-way machlokas. So according to Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Meir holds, first of all, Stam Rabbi Meir holds that people don't normally watch their, sh- their Shvar. person doesn't normally watch their Shvar. Therefore, the Torah says that Lamaisa, again, a Tam requires a Shmira Pachusa. And the Torah once again reinforces the need by, uh, of Shmira by a Mu'ah to teach me that a Mu'ah requires Shmira Mu'ula. So according to Rabbi Meir, Tam Shmira Pachusa, basic guarding, Mu'ad Shmira Mu'ula, an additional guarding. That's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Yehuda, mind-blowing Shita. Tam requires Shmira Mu'ula, right? Additional guarding. Mu'ad requires what? Shmira Pachusa, lesser of guarding. Rabbi Lazar, hybrid Shita. He holds that both Tam and Mu'ad only require Shmira Pachusa. He gets that again from the Mu'ad. He learns that like Rabbi Yehuda. And the Tam, ultimately, he learns that from the Gzeir Shava of Negicha, Negicha. So we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up Amir Hashem with this piece, Amir Hashem, tomorrow. Let me share with you a short idea, a short idea on the parasha.